0: Kaya Biz with Kukuletum Fupi from 6 to 7 p.m. on Kaya FM 95.9. It's uh, 17 minutes to 7 o'clock. Ellen Gray helping you secure your future. Ellen Gray is an authorized financial services provider. So today, cautious investors are allocating ever-increasing amounts of their capital to fixed income, including money market, bond and income funds. And this is an understandable reaction to a five-year period of poor uh, real equity returns and the increasing uncertainty we face as we live through the COVID-19 pandemic. But But is there still a place for real assets in your conservative portfolio? We're going to answer that question uh, with Sean Muncie, who is a portfolio manager at Allen Gray, joining us on the line. Sean, thank you so much for your time this evening.
1: Hi, Nastasia. Good to chat to you.
0: So you know, I I love these kinds of conversations that we have, uh, you know, with individuals like yourself because we able to have conversations around you know building wealth and creating wealth, but at the same time, um, educating a lot of our listeners, especially when it comes to um, you know a lot of misconceptions or things that they don't necessarily understand, which might make them feel excluded when we have these kinds of conversations. So before we even talk about you know what's been happening over the past five years when when we look at equities. Perhaps we can, you know, give a broad-based understanding as to what we're talking about when we say money market bond and income funds.
1: Sure. So I I guess at a a very high level, um, if we look at the three main type of asset classes, you would get cash. So that would be your typical fixed deposit that you and I uh, would receive in a a bank account. Then you would get um, something like a bond, which is either issued by a government or a company, which is typically a bit longer um, term in nature and would yield a slightly higher return than a money market investment. And then thirdly, um, you get shares or equities where you're actually buying a share of a company um, in, 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 in our instance on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange.
0: All right. So I mentioned in my intro, um, you know, that we may have seen a little bit of, uh, we'll rather call it poor equity returns when you look at things from a South African perspective, but perhaps you can create some color here in terms of what's happened in the equity space over the last five years.
1: Yeah. So I guess it's it's only natural for investors to flock to what are the better performing asset classes. And as you mentioned in your intro, Cash has indeed outperformed the local equity market over the last uh, five years. So an investor would have generated a 7% return in cash versus 5% in the All Share Index, and that's with taking on very little risk. Um, if you adjust for inflation, an uh, equity investor hasn't grown their wealth in real terms over the last five years, which is a poor outcome.
0: So is that then what's probably driving the, the appetite we're seeing for cash and bonds?
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I think investors by their nature are often often backward looking. Um, but I think it's worth highlighting that this is the exception rather than the rule. Mm. So if we look at uh, over the very long term, equities have generated a 9% return above inflation per annum and that's comfortably outperforming bonds at 2% and cash at 1%. I think so for the most part when you're investing in in bonds or cash, you know what income you are set to receive at the outset, Mm -hmm. and this doesn't adjust with inflation. Uh, Companies in, in comparison, and particularly good companies in the right sector, should be able to grow their earnings at least in line with inflation, which should make for better returns for shares, as opposed to bonds or cash over time. Hmm.
0: Is it n- natural for those who may be considered as conservative investors to go for a strategy that has no equity and just focuses on uh, cash and bonds? Or do they have a case where they are focused on cash and bonds as opposed to uh, more predominantly with a little bit of um, you know exposure to equity?
1: Yeah, so- It's always a tough one because I think if you have perfect foresight and you're able to switch between these three asset classes that we've spoken about quickly, it's possible to outperform equities uh, by avoiding the big corrections and and buying in at the market bottoms. So a recent example would have been if you had correctly anticipated the COVID sell-off in February and March and bought in again near the latter part of March, you would have done really well. I think in reality, it's much easier said than done, though, and a lot of investors come stuck trying to time the market. And I think for the reason that it's often when things are most uncertain and investors are fearful of shares, that the market may be cheap. I think our approach is to rather stay invested for the longer term and add to our funds equity weight when we think the market is attractively priced and reduce the weight when we think it is expensive. I think over time we hope to capture the real return that being invested in equity should provide.
0: On that note then, does it um, you know matter to have a conversation where you are asking questions as a potential investor that maybe there's a certain amount of equity exposure that I do need to protect capital or even get some growth? Is there such a thing that you could have a certain amount in order to be able to do that?
1: Yes. Uh, we're seeing that, that currently. So equity returns, as as we've discussed over the last five years, haven't been great. So we're seeing a lot of investors turning to the more safe, the traditional money market type of funds. I, just one point here, I think it's, it's worth considering the level of current and expected inflation. So the last five years were characterized by stable, mid-single-digit inflation, and high short-term cash rates, which allowed a conservative investor to earn a decent real return on his cash investment. I think what we've seen the Reserve Bank doing over the last few months, cutting interest rates aggressively by 3% or so, um, that means that situation has changed. So short-term cash interest rates are now low and just covering inflation. And I think if inflation were to pick pick up of the current low base, which I think is a reasonable assumption, uh, your real return on that cash investment could quickly turn negative. So, when thinking about what is the correct amount of equity exposure to have to protect capital, one way to look at it is historical asset class returns. And on our numbers, we think an equity weight of 30% in a fund diversified across asset classes boosts the real return potential of the fund to about 3% per year versus a mix of only cash and bonds, which gives 1% per year. As you increase that equity weight, the return potential increases, but this also comes with increased volatility, which might be a more difficult proposition for investors who are looking to protect capital over shorter time horizons.
0: Right. When you look at the um, Alan Gray Stable Fund, uh, I think that was launched uh, July 2000, if I'm getting my dates correct. Um, how has that performed over the past few years?
1: So, um, the, 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 as we discussed earlier, the, the, the past five-year returns for cautious funds, of which Alan Gray the Stable Fund is, is one of them, um, has been quite tough. It, because of the reason that you've had cash returns that are quite high. So you could have invested in cash and you would have earned about 7% or so relative to the equity markets, the general Exchange, which gave you about 5% or so. Um, so the last five years have been on the tough side for the fund. Um, but if we look further back over 10 and 20-year history of the fund, um, the fund has... Uh, comfortably outperformed its, its benchmark, which is cash plus 2% per year.
0: All right. When you look at, um, you know, the asset classes within this fund, I mean, um, how have you tweaked and adjusted? Have you um, added more exp- uh, exposure to offshore assets, uh, perhaps even commodities such as gold and perhaps even um, some African assets, as it were?
1: Yes. Uh, um, as you would expect for a fund with a 20-year history, um, the the nature of the fund has changed over time. So it was in the latter part of the 2000s when we first added offshore exposure to um, the fund and that served the the fund well, particularly lately given the the RAND weakness that we've seen over the last little while in in South Africa. Um, And within the fixed income segment of the fund, we've been increasing the weight towards... Um, longer dated uh, bonds as opposed to money market um, products, just given the return potential that we're currently seeing on offer in, in, in bonds.
0: Right. Coming into 2020, I'm guessing many people who do what you do, um, you know, for a living came in with certain expectations about where you may have thought the market would go or where you thought the global environment uh, would be. How have those assumptions, uh, you know, changed? Perhaps if you had to compare, you know, January 2020 to now where we are, September 8th, 2020. Yes, I think that's a
1: good question because. Um, when we came into 2020, we were of the view that um, a lot of local assets, particularly shares, were looking pretty attractive. Um, and uh, the events of February and March and the lockdown that ensued over, over the last few months has obviously um cause damage to the economy and to a lot of the companies that we've in, we invested in. Um, and I think over this time, we've sort of seen a divergence on the local market where you've had a few of the bigger companies. If you think of something like a, a NASPAS or some of the bigger diversified miners, a BHP Billiton or Anglo-American, those shares have done really well. And some of our, our more locally focused companies um, have struggled. So we've taken the opportunity in in select uh, instances to increase our weight to some of these local local businesses uh, which we think in time can generate a good return for our clients.
0: We were having a conversation, um, you know, with our market watcher a little bit earlier on as we, you know, discussed where we think stocks might be heading or just basically the overall investment environment and how that has changed drastically compared to a few years ago, especially when we're in an environment where, I suppose, you know, there's a new approach by the Federal Reserve towards, uh, I think it's called uh, average inflation targeting um, and investors at this point are not particularly concerned right now around you know, monetary policy, at least for the next couple of years when it comes to tightening on that front. How important does it become for you to be able to look and do proper analysis and look at the fundamentals as opposed to going into this euphoric momentum buying that we've seen over the past uh, several weeks?
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's a good point. In response to that, COVID pandemic we saw not just our government but governments all over the world embark on, on big fiscal and, and monetary stimulus and um, that debt will have to be repaid at some point and as you mentioned the Federal Reserve has committed to low interest rates for some time at least for the next sort of three or four years um, and there's one school of thought that the average inflation targeting that they announced last week um, what they're looking to do is try and increase uh, inflation within the economy over time to try and decrease the, the, the debt burden and I think that extends um, to mark governments all over the world both developed and, and, and locally so I think what's important for us is to try and um, uh, in the research process when we think of what good investments would be for our clients to build portfolios that are able to generate returns in excess of inflation Mm. under a variety of of different scenarios. And we typically do that by investing across asset classes um, that perform differently uh, under different circumstances.
0: Sean, thank you so much for your time this evening. That's Sean Muncy, who's a portfolio manager at Ellen Gray. Helping you secure your future was brought to you by Ellen Gray. Ellen Gray is an authorized financial services provider. I've got about a minute before I have to say goodbye, but we we're talking earlier on uh, figures that you need to be keeping an eye on, which we will continue to uh, cover for you and analyze for you uh, right here in Kaya Biz is that uh, second quarter employment figures that are due sometime later in September. We're also expecting uh, the next Monetary Policy Committee uh, meeting, which is scheduled for the 15th and the 17th of September. Uh, already the bank has slashed rates by 300 basis points so far for the year. So uh, people are saying that we might have to, they might have to actually wait and see as to how that's going to plan. I'll probably, um, you know, relook at um, growth projections for the rest of 2020. That's it for me. I'll be back tomorrow night with uh, more business news. Uh, from me. Good night.